Welcome into Dragon Ball Super Dope. My name is Kyle. Thank you for checking this out. So this has been something that has been suggested to us more or less since the podcast started. And I've just sort of, uh, you know, never gotten around to it. Coming up on four years, though, so I figured maybe now would be a good time to get it started. Um, you guys have often requested for us to cover all of the Dragon Ball movies. And there's and a lot of them. There's a lot of them. It's like 20. 20 Dragon Ball movies in total, if we're counting Super Broly as the, the most recent. Which I guess, I guess we would, because, you know, that's 20. Um, so I Pretty figured, soon, 21? Pretty soon, 21. What is it, next year? 2022. So you are hearing the voice of uh, Brandon, a.k.a. Uh, Brian. Br Brian. <laughs> Doczilla. White uh, people love Brandon because he makes... Malcolm X look like Brian. Makes Malcolm X. Makes Wayne Brady look like Malcolm X. No, wait. How's the joke go? White people love Wayne Brady because he makes Brian Gumble look like Malcolm X. That's it. Paul Mooney, rest in peace, man. Yeah, man. I just saw that. Terrible. Uh, so you're hearing the voice of Brandon. Brandon, first super dope co-host. Welcome in, baby. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. Oh. Excellent to have you back. Uh, people have uh, been wondering where you are, and I feel like we'll save some of that conversation for later on in the discussion, just because um, I've learned since you've been away from the podcast, people are mindful of their time. So it's like, we don't give a shit about these two jamokes who haven't seen each other in a bit. Talk yeah. about Dragon Ball, you fucking nerds. So we're going to do that, but we'll catch up with Brandon a little bit more toward the end. Uh, we've, we've got you marked down for another one of these movies in yeah. the not-so-distant future. but uh, I heard there's a, an igloo involved. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, I bet uh, it's even cooler. Cool. Uh, you know, <laughs> cool. So, uh, all right. We did, we did the first Dragon Ball movie, uh, The Curse of the Blood Rubies, as it's known in America. In uh, Japan, it is called The Legend of Shenlong. Yes. I, I actually learned that uh, when it first came out, it's like a similar kind of situation to like uh, Star Wars A New Hope. Um, when it first came out, it was just Star Wars and then retroactively titled A New Hope. Became A New Hope, yeah. In Japan, this movie comes out December 20th, 1986, and it's just called Dragon Ball. Now and that's, then, what, already two years after the show's been on, right? No, it's or actually years. the end of the first year of the show being okay. on. So by the time this comes out in theaters, the anime is already out of around Goku ramping up to go fight the Red Ribbon Army. So okay, it's, okay. It's been out for, it's probably about a third of the way through the series, probably about a year. I should know the original air date of Dragon Ball, but I, it, it, it escapes my mind right now. So what's 84? Is the manga 84? 84 is the beginning of the manga. Okay. 86 is the beginning of the anime. And then December 20th of 86 is the first movie just called Dragon Ball. And then retroactively, they title it The Legend of Shenlong. JK, it's now Shenlong. Yeah, because, you know, if you can put a cool-ass title about the, the dragon who... I guess has some consequence at the end of the movie, uh, yeah. but really not much until the end of the movie. Um, February 26th, 1986 is when okay. the anime started. So about 10, 10 months after 10 the fact, months. Okay. They, get, they get the first, um, first movie in theaters. And it starts that trend of typically Dragon Ball movies come out 
in December. And then yep. once it goes to Z and they're releasing once every two months, or excuse me, once they're releasing two movies a year, year. it goes from March and July, I want to say, or the two months are in which um, they're, they're dropping a new Dragon Ball Z movie. Uh, okay. Year. So that's why we're starting this series in July. We're recording this in the middle of June, but um, this, if all things go according to plan, should be up after the week uh the week after the fourth of july so i hope you had a good fourth (laughs) that's how we'll say it if you're watching this early yeah happy birthday america if uh you're watching this early on the patreon i hope that you are geared up for a good fourth of july because you got this video very early um so curse of the blood rubies i guess we'll go with that even though we definitely watched it in the subs right brandon I watched the Japanese subversion. All right, good. Just making sure, because if you didn't, the, the episode or the movie I saw was Dragon Ball, the extra Shenlong episode. Wait a minute, where'd you watch it? I'm kidding. I, oh. It was a pun on what we're about to discuss, just being one long episode. Oh, dude, Whew, right over my head. That was good. It though. was very Shenlong. Yeah, it, this basically does equate to about two episodes of the anime at uh, yeah. about 50 minutes of runtime. Yeah. So this movie is an attempt, like most anime movies are, especially early Dragon Ball stuff, it's a way to try to find some potential new fans that might not have been checking into the anime every week for the last yeah. year, but maybe they'll take an hour to go check out a movie at... uh I believe this aired at like a, a manga jump Shonen Jump Festival in '86 with a couple of other, okay. you know, shorter-ish movies in this uh, vicinity of time, um, you know, 50, 60 minutes or so. But it could be a good potential gateway into the series. Um, a couple of years back, actually, you and I did a podcast. I'll link it in the show notes. But we were looking for the perfect gateway movie to Dragon Ball. That's right. I that's how I remember this. Yeah. And we didn't do this movie, but we did The Path to Power, which also does a retelling of the beginning of Dragon Ball, Goku and Bulma meeting up in whatever which way. Okay. But it it was produced in 1997. Yeah. So it has that GT sort of aesthetic to it where Goku looks, you know, super buff, tan skin, plastic looking. Um, They they redid uh, General Black or Commander Black. I always fuck up their ranks, but... Um, they, they made him look less, um, what's the word? Insensitive. Yeah. Culturally (laughs) appropriate. Yeah. It was, it was less of a caricature and, uh, was more light skinned and Italian looking, which I guess is a different kind of caricature, but maybe a less offensive one. I I don't recall either way, this movie being the first movie, maybe we should have done this one back then because I feel like this movie does a pretty good retelling. Yeah, up until they they get to the castle, it's it's pretty decent in terms of who you're meeting and how the characters are introduced to quickly stereotype kind of who they are. Yeah, but they still do a pretty good job of giving you um, the major plot points of like how all these characters sort of come into each other's company. you know, even though it's a condensed version of it, like the first 25 minutes of this movie is basically a retelling of the first eight, nine ish episodes of yeah, the yeah, yeah. You get a good chunk of the first season in the first 20 minutes, but 
I'd say the first 20, 25 minutes, I guess, are pretty much just dedicated to retelling those plot points. Yeah. What's what's weird or notable about this movie, uh, one of the only glaring omissions in terms of, you know, original DB characters that are missing from this part of the story, we have no uh, Emperor Pilaf, we've got no Mai, we've got no Shu. No Krillin. No, no Krillin, but he's also not in this part of the story quite yet. Like... (sighs) Yeah, I almost had you come on to do the next movie because that—that's a very Krillin heavy movie. Ooh, and I know that you're a big Krillin fan, so hey, Krillin's my villain. He's not a villain though; he's a great guy. I was just saying he was bad, like as in he's bad, yo. Oh damn! See, I—it's been a minute, Brandon. I'm missing all your beats. I'm missing all the humor here. This is this is your fault. Anyway. So they do a good job of reintroducing those characters. But I think one of the more notable things about this movie for me is that first couple of minutes is basically just a retelling of what the Dragon Balls are and, yeah. you know, how Shen, the, the, the legend of Shenlong, if you will. And then they show this scene of characters completely unrelated to our main cast. Um, this girl, Pansy, in her village, she's like a little girl. And yeah. Uh, the village is being uh, mined for rich stones, which or, I assume are the blood rubies. Yeah. Blood rubies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So to have that in the title and then actually have them be called rich stones um, was a little weird for me. Like, I wonder why they named it blood rubies in America if they didn't want to. I mean, I guess I watched the subversion, so I'm just talking about shit that doesn't matter, right? It's a uh, prequel to the Blood Diamond with Leo DiCaprio. I'm saying, like it, the the you would think that given they worked it into the title for the American version, that these rich stones yeah. would be a lot more imperative to the plot, but not really. Not really. Yeah, it's it's a strange dichotomy between the red stones or red rubies and the Dragon Ball because. I, I think if I looked at it from a completely new perspective, I would kind of think which which one is more important to the story. Because yeah. like the Dragon Balls, despite them being the title of the show, I think kind of take a weird backseat. A little bit. I feel like they you know? the, the one thing they kind of whiff at in this movie is like, obviously they're looking for the the red rubies the rich stones the blood rubies rich stones i got to stick to yeah. the i got to stick to the one word All they're right. looking for these rich stones because okay. the people who are out looking for them uh it's they're doing it on behalf of king garumis which uh is a, a play on the word for gourmet more on that in a moment huh. but um his two henchmen pasta and bongo are out there looking for rich stones, but really it's kind of just a ruse for them to be able to dig shit up to be able to look for the remaining, uh, for the remaining dragon balls. Yeah. That King gourmet Garumis, uh, wants to gather up and, um, basically be able to wish for the world's finest delicacies because he's got a hunger, probably a tapeworm that cannot yeah. be satisfied. And it has since turned him into a giant, hulking, bloated purple mass that uh, has all of the character traits of like a pissed off Lord Beerus. And it's a strange concept, too, because as they find better riches, they don't seem to satiate his hunger. Now, I don't know, maybe I'm overanalyzing, but it's interesting because it's like, 
what can what is considered a treasure you know because is he just gonna eat like the gold plates is he gonna eat like you know i think he just wants to be able to fly in some real good chefs to be like hey man you know how to cook some shit <laughs> yeah. i haven't eaten i'm starving somebody call gordon ramsay quick but they don't do a good job of like explicitly spelling out like yes they are looking for these rich stones but also yeah. it's because they're they need the excuse to dig up the earth in this village to look for dragon balls yeah so that's like kind of a little bit of a whiff if i couldn't read between the lines i would have been like oh shit what are we doing here again i don't understand uh, yeah like, I, and i think the fact that it's only 50 minutes means they've got to like they've got to fly through this so if you blink you miss the you know a hundred percent so if you guys are in the discord a couple of us tried to watch along uh, with this movie a couple of days ago and uh i realized that you can birth boost the um video streaming quality on a discord server for an annual basis but before i learned that i just thought that i had terrible internet connection my point is because it was so choppy trying to watch it in the discord the other night which yeah. for the next one guys we're trying to do these once a week this is not me selling it very well but the next one shouldn't be as bad i guess you'll have to show up and see there's a link in uh in the show notes for the discord but um it felt like because it was kind of choppy and because i had to take my eyes away from the screen for a couple of times to try yeah. to reset some settings and figure some shit out i was like wait a minute what did i miss I, yeah it's so yeah. breakneck pace so the first five minutes of it, though, set up this story with the village and King Garumas and this little girl, Pansy, who's, you know, shooting slingshots, rocks, slingshots. She's slingshotting. She's slingshotting rocks. At a dude on a bulldozer? Yeah, I think so. So she's slingshotting rocks at a mofo, just trying to do his job. He just showed up to the construction gig today. He's but, just here to dig, you know, rich stones. Yeah, man. He's trying to get rich like the rest of us. Um. That ultimately just gets her dad's ass whooped. Big strong man uh, gets beat up by uh, Bongo, which, by the way, it's Bongo with a B, like the drum. But I, I found out that um, Pasta and Bongo are like a, uh, you know, they're the two henchmen for King Garumas. Uh Pasta, pretty obvious. We know what yep. Pasta is, right? Uh, Bongo, though, is actually like kind of a sound alike for the word Vongol, V O N G O L E. Vongol. The Italian word for clams. So, hey, you don't like clams, dude? You live in Rhode Island. I'm not from here. Yeah, that's right. You weren't born there. But I was born this way. You should have probably been acclimated to the seafood culture by now, no? No. Dude, clams is like one of my favorite foods. I don't eat a ton of seafood, but like shellfish, I do tend to love clams, mussels, quahogs. Sign me up. Grandpa Toriyama, if you're listening, we need a character named Quahog. He'd probably fuck with that. What do you do? Just like still eat French fries and fucking vegetables and shit? Oh, yes. Every time me and Brandy would go to the bar when we first started hanging out with our buddy Chris, you would just get like an order of fucking fries. That's it. Every hey, time. vegetarian, man. We got a vegan restaurant in town now. We got Plant City X. <laughs> Tell me what's next. Plant City X. Wow, dude. You guys want to see this new marketing campaign Brandon's launching for Plant City X. Go check out YouTube.com slash Dragon Ball Super Dope. Um, I love it. Great job, buddy. So... The first five minutes of the movie feel like a completely separate story. And then it's like, oh, by the way, Bulma's also looking for Here's Dragon Balls. Here's Bulma. 
Goku's out fishing and he's got a Dragon Ball that he thinks is his grandpa and so on and so forth. All the typical early Dragon Ball story beats that we've that we know and love, but just done at a breakneck pace. Wait, you're a person? Yeah, I'm a person. Why do you look so soft and weak? I'm a girl. A girl? My grandpa told me about those. Where's your tail? Mm-hmm. Real fun stuff. Uh, they do a nice job, too, of like, because then we have to meet Oolong, which uh, leads us to Puar Yamcha. Yamcha. There's this. Like, the, immediately. Even before the, even before the Oolong thing, there's a, a sequence where the dra- they're, they're landing, Pasta and Bongo are landing at Goku's uh, house to yeah. capture that Dragon Ball. And they have the conversation like, oh, I can't fly after that. I can't fly. And they bust out the Hoi Poi capsules, get in the plane. It's it's very uh, Goku eventually saves her by throwing the Nyobo and like yeah. strings her up through her shoulders and she pisses all over the place. Like that's really an episode of Dragon Ball. Like that's the third episode of Dragon Ball right there. Yeah. Except it's not somebody in a plane trying to snatch a Dragon Ball. It's like a giant I pterodactyl think it's dragon or something. Yeah. Yeah. So they do a cool job of still keeping the spirit of it, some of the same exact story beats. And in some cases it's like slightly altered but still keeps the spirit of it, which I love. I felt like I watched the first eight episodes within fifty minutes today. Yamcha's afraid of girls. It's great. Yeah, who'd have thought? And it's almost you know? like uh, he's got his own ambitions. Once he learns about what the Dragon Balls are, um, he wants to uh, get to Mutin Roshi's house before they do. So yeah. we, we're kind of we're kind of skipping ahead. The way in which these two stories intersect, Oolong's doing his pervy thing, right? He's a yeah. big red giant demon out in the woods trying to get six-year-old girls to marry him. And uh, Bulma and Goku accidentally stumble upon this weird scene. Oolong decides, uh, all right, never mind. Bulma's here. She's much more attractive. Uh, like a, Yeah, so you're going to marry me now. And the fight between Goku and Oolong, well, the fight, quote-unquote, between Goku and Oolong kicks off. Same sort of beats, you know, big scary demon. Changes into the samurai with the ramen bowl, and then and, a, what the robot? Uh, yeah, the the robot samurai with the ramen bowl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and then he turns into a bat and, and flies away. I uh, bet you can't even knock this tree down. I love, I love the quiet confidence of little kid Goku. One yeah. of my favorite things about him. A lot of people will say like the innocence and how dumb he is, but like, I honestly just love how sure of himself he is. It's one of my favorite. Yeah, things. yeah, yeah. He'd make a great character in like. A Godzilla or a Gamera movie. Many, many minutes later. So we just did a really long rant about Godzilla that I probably cut from the final product of this episode because otherwise it would be you know, like 70% Godzilla and 30% Dragon Ball. I don't Sorry. remember exactly where we left off. I um, think it was something about Rich Ruby's being bad. She got... uh so she's pissed off her dad got beat up Oolong has now been defeated by goku and they land in the gray sand yes and that's when yamcha the desert bandit i almost said desert dandit that's not his name it's desert bandit um yamcha the desert bandit shows up to do what he does which is you know hey kid give me all your money and hoi poi capsules and i won't kill you let me wolf fang fist you let me roga fufu ken your ass to death Pinky. I get they, it. Fist ass. <laughs> so they do a nice, this is like another nice little, this is within that 25 minutes of like a retelling, a reestablishing of the cast of characters from the, you know, first arc of Dragon Ball. But 
I, I kind of like how this sequence goes out. One thing I don't think I've mentioned about this movie to this point is that it's really beautifully animated. Yeah. And I mean that from the sense of like people pick apart Dragon Ball Super animation all the time because we live in the time that we live in and we have nothing else to bitch about on social media. But when you go back and watch some of those OG Dragon Ball episodes, just like Dragon Ball Super of today, those OG Dragon Ball moments have some of those less than quality oh, for sure. moments. This movie, though, it's it's none of that, but it's done in that early Toriyama character design style, which I'm kind I kind of love. Like they're the, the softer faces. It's more comedic driven, uh, comedy driven. I don't know if that's the way I should have said that. Um, the aesthetic of it is old school Toriyama, but done yeah. you know ten out of ten. Well, and, and not to go on a Godzilla tangent because I'll quickly bring it back. I've been seeing a lot of discussions on, oh, it's being released in 4K or it's being released in this or that. And like they show like the differences. And to me, at some point, like I don't care if I can see the sky is a little bit bluer because I know it's already painted. It's not a real sky. (laughs) And I don't want to see it so clearly that you can see like the boards in the sky. It's the same thing, I think, with the anime. Like if there's going to be. You know, it takes you this much time to get this screenshot of like a badly drawn Goku. Like, I'm not going to notice it. I don't really care. I, you know, I'm just happy that it's Dragon Ball and it's like, you know, oh, this is a cool amalgamation of season one. Haha. <laughs> like, it's like, you know, instead of watching all the reruns, you just get a, a series recap. Yeah, it's like a greatest hits compilation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But done in a stock footage. Yeah, done in a very uh, streamlined, you know, kind of way. We we don't have time to fuck around, but here is the first eight episodes, including Yamcha and his machine gun. Yeah. Chips his tooth. uh, How he's embarrassed of the ladies. And and how the ladies like him. The ladies think he's very handsome. They do. Hold on. I got to get a COVID shot. (laughs) Okay, we're good. Sorry. What? Hold on, I gotta get a COVID shot. <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, I think I might and leave then, that in, I don't know. <laughs> and then we get the best scenes of the whole movie. When Dragon Ball reiterates that it is... How do I say it? X-rated friendly. When Dragon Ball reminds you, it is perverted. I think so. So Yamcha gets his ass whooped, uh, more or less, by a hungry Goku. Um, yeah. Then he meets Bulma just as the tide turns in Yamcha's favor. Bulma freaks him out. He turns all red, runs away, whatever. And but like, he, oh, gets hard. Yeah, it definitely like, gets hard. Stiff, I should say. There is uh, later on, he bumps into the character Pasta, who's <clears> one of <throat> King Gurumis, uh yeah. henchmen, <laughs> but is a long red haired woman. And he like floats away like a piece of paper when he lands. He's like uh, stiff as a board because, you yeah. know. And he sounds her. like a metal piece of clanking. Yes. So they kind of, well, they meaning Yamcha and Puar kind of get the outline of what their plan is. They meet Pansy. Uh, she is the one who is being harassed by Oolong in the forest. She lets them know that she's seeking out Mutant Roshi to come and basically protect her village and beat up King Garumas and make them leave 
uh, to restore peace in her land. Goku is um, piques his interest. He he wants to go f- learn some stuff from a big strong martial artist guy. <laughs> Bulma is heading south anyway, but Yamcha and Puar overhear all of this to come up with the plan of getting to Kame House first to tell Mutant Roshi, "Yeah, this kid's coming to kill you, and just be ready and kick his ass." Because he knows that he cannot defeat Goku. Never mind if Goku and Mutant Roshi become friends and team up. He's never defeating anybody ever again, so long as those two are a tandem. So he has that smart play of of trying to turn them against each other. While I was watching this, I kept getting PTSD of that live action one we watched. Oh, God, with like uh, Grandpa Gohan still (laughs) alive and fighting Goku Justin Chatwin on a fucking clothesline. (laughs) I haven't watched Evolution this year. I've watched it every year. Once a year since we started the podcast, it's uh oh, I, I'm talking about the other one we watched. Oh, are you talking about the Korean live action movie? Yeah, oh, dude, is that the podcast that we recorded that got lost? I don't know, I think it is. Oh, dude, I or if it wasn't with you, Brandon, it was with it was, Aunt Grimulia. Yeah. It was one of the two of you. I think it might have been Aunt, but... Okay. But why would why would I have made you watch it, though, if it wasn't we did you? a podcast for it. And, but it never released, because I fucked up the sound or something. Oh. That was wild. You've never listened to an episode of Dragon Ball Super Dope in your life, have you? I've listened to a couple. Is it the one? Fuck You, Brandon. Oh, yeah, the best of Fuck You, Brandon's. That was a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, trying so, to think which other ones I would have made you listen to. I don't know. Probably none. I tagged you in a good singing clip the other day. Ooh, that's hot. Did you not see it? It's just I, me and you mouth singing at each other about Japanese comic books and boys to men. It's fucking oh, hilarious. I'll have to see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, all right. Like, I've I, listened to I, it a bunch, and the song actually gets stuck in my head. I stick mostly to the uh, super dope memes. There's been some some pretty good ones. Oh, uh, Roshi's Secret Stash on Facebook? Yeah. Sure you go, anyway, uh, speaking of Roshi's, Roshi's Secret yeah, Stash. Go join Roshi's Secret Stash on Facebook. Like our new page on Facebook. We're back on Facebook. Hello. That's, that's how I'll... I don't think I've made an episode since I've made the page again. Hello. So, super Dope Podcasts is a page on Facebook that you can go like. There is a link in the show notes. Uh, I think it'll stay up this time. That's what she said. Yeah, I think that's what he said to her to try to get her. Or to... that's what he said. Yeah. Uh, my point is, it's been long enough of a time. It's been about two and a half years now. I think the Nazis have dispersed. Um, and hopefully, you know, Zuckerberg doesn't uh take their word for shit like he did last time. Yikes. Dude, we, the song is stuck in my head. I'm so annoyed you didn't listen to the clip. Where is it? I tagged you on it on Instagram. Oh, I'll have to it, take a look. In a comment. Well, I'll make you listen to it later. It's fine. You don't follow <laughs> us on Instagram at DB Super Dope. If you like Boku no Hero Academia at Super Dope Plus Ultra, same thing. Uh, okay, so Yamcha, brilliant, shows up, tells Mutant Roshi the thing. Mutant Roshi comes out and basically says, hey, you're the kid who's here to kill me. Because if you are, fuck off. And uh, he's like, no, what are you talking about? Now, this is one of this part. This is this is a part of the movie that I actually love the retelling of this plot point. 
because it's done in a way where like it kind of helps us cut out a bunch of bullshit. Uh, the way in which Mutant Roshi decides to see who's telling the truth calls the Kinto Un. Is, yeah. The flying Nimbus for you Americanos. And Hello. basically, if you can't jump on the, the Nimbus, it's because you're probably a shitty person. Jump around. Jump instead around. Of, instead of having Yamcha do it, he jumps on it himself and he falls, falls right through. through. So. I think this might have been with you. I don't know. It's an OGDB that we did probably for Patreon. It may or may not be free these days. Who knows? Patreon.com slash Dragon Ball Super Dope. But I had this whole run in theory about in the anime, Goku brings back Umagami, the turtle, yeah. to the island. And that's how he meets Norshi for the first yeah. time. Yeah, 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 yeah. So when he gets back and they meet Bulma and, and Roshi's being all perverted about shit, Umagami yeah. has like some very legitimate like confusion and he's like I don't understand why he's being like this what's you know he's being such a creep why is he being such a pervert I feel like um it, it, we're not afforded that same set of circumstances because the turtle is already there okay and turtle is just like now I know why but the surprise is still as uh as evident as ever where the turtle's just like yo you want to what you want to touch boobies you want to poke her boobies you want to pafu pafu like the confusion by the turtle kind of reinstates or like makes me reinforces is probably the word it reinforces my idea of Roshi and the turtle spent some time apart. We'll just say it's a couple of years. I think it's been a couple of years in the anime when he brings him back. Pinky. And in those couple of years, Roshi's finally spent time by himself for like the first time in a hundred years. And he started jerking off. Ah! Straight up. And now the turtle's back and he's like, fuck, all my alone time is shot to shit. I can't just Come be whacking off. Yeah. I can't just be whacking off in front of this turtle. But there is this young girl here who will let me poke her in the breasts if I give her my Dragon Ball, which, you know, I don't care. I found this thing at the bottom of the lake a hundred years ago. Who gives a shit? Um, I just, I, I like this entire scene as perverted as it is. You know, what's the matter with a perverted pig Yeah, is also a favorite line from a couple of scenes before. But I say that as a way to say Oolong takes the, the hit for the team. Oolong, who really has no vested interest in being in on this adventure, by the way, like yeah, they basically yeah. take him hostage in in the comics and the in the and the they basically take him hostage in the manga and the anime, and they're like, hey, this PP gum is going to make you, you know, PP diarrhea all over yourself. And he's Yeet. a communist pig too, of course. Didn't you see his outfit? Oh yes, a per- a perverted communist pig. In this one, though, there's nothing like that at all that kind of keeps Oolong, unfortunately, attached that's, to the that's party. That's a good point. Why is he there? He has Why no he... reason. Yeah. He, Other he than met... maybe to follow Bulma. Maybe to follow Bulma, or like maybe continue to have protection from Goku. He wants to pafu-pafu her. Who knows? Um, But yeah, Oolong takes the hit for the team. The reason I stop and pause the, or point this out I don't think they did this in the anime. I could be wrong. But they go behind Kame House and do the transformation. He does it wrong at first. He's short, stout little Bulma. And then he transforms again, and he's normal size, and she's like, oh, wow, what a great actress you are. This scene is fucking hilarious, because all the mannerisms of Oolong are now presented on on Bulma, Bulma. which by itself is funny. But But then he tops it off by 
poking and flicking his own nipples to get them erect before he goes present to Master Roshi. It's and it's then, pretty wild for what she's what 14? 16 at this 16. point. But even still, it's totally fucked up. But he goes and then he does what he does exactly in the anime that I, I remember commenting on back then. It, it's like all Master Roshi wants to do is look at him, poke him a little bit. And then Oolong like, gets some kind of weird satisfaction off of being able to offer additional um, services. Services. Perfect word. Uh, with the Pafu Pafu, you know, motorboat does for me. Uh-huh. What does Oolong get out of that? Yeah. <laughs> some jollies, I guess. Yeah, does he get some kind of sexual gratification out of having Master Roshi rub his face into his uh, transform Bulma boobs? <laughs> transform Bulma boobs. But thank- thankfully to everyone, Mutin Roshi doesn't make it that far. No, he just bleeds all over himself out his nose first. Legendary. Legendary. <laughs> um, so another weird part about this movie, which I guess kind of makes sense from a storytelling perspective, because if this is how the scene would end, it would have been a little weird, but he gives him the Dragon Ball, whatever. They take like the neck it shoots to it cuts to a shot of Bulma in the plane with Pansy and Oolong. Yeah. And Goku riding the Nimbus outside of it. And Oolong says something to the effect of like, man, that old man didn't have to get so proud on us or, you know, big time us or whatever. And it gives us a quick cut back to the island and what they said to Roshi about trying to get him to come help and, you know, protect protect the girl's village or whatever. And he's just like, nah, it's fine. You guys are friends. Look at this ragtag bunch of buds you guys put together. Friendship makes the world go round. You can solve your own problems. I'm going to stay here. The tearjerker. Yeah. Oh, also, before that happened, uh, they showed up Pasta and Bongo to try to steal Mutant Roshi's Dragon Ball, but he uh, blew them up with a Kamehameha. Very similar to the kind of um, output he uses for putting out the fire on Mount Frypan. Am I, I right so. about that? Yeah. Because they can't find the Bancho fan. It's been a minute since I've watched OGDB. I'm, I'm doing all of this up the top of my head. So <laughs> what'd you say? I was just OG, OGDB. I was just oh, going over you? that in my head. Yeah. Oh, no, oh, I knew OG... what it meant. I was just, that sounds like a, a tongue twister. OGDB. 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 Yeah. I believe it's like the similar kind of, um, demonstration of him ripping the shirt off he's yeah, got the yeah, holes yeah. in the back and the and bandages the and, he, and he bulks up and he kamehameha goku learns it you know instead of in 50 years it takes him 50 seconds 50 seconds look old man i can do it already i actually love how it's done in this movie where he's like hey man can you teach me that he's like ha 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 that shit takes 50 50 years to learn and he holds up his hand five five decades and the look on goku's face and he's just like accepts it and he walks off screen and then that's when Pansy, you know, for, approaches him. And as they're talking, you just hear it cut to, man, yeah. and he blows up the rock. And it's, like I said, there are so many cool moments or like original moments from Dragon Ball that are retold yeah, more or less faithfully, but like in a way that's conducive to the greater story here. So, Well, and it, it made me think around this time too about how like Dragon Ball Super has almost been a reverse of that 
at least for a while. What do you mean? So you had the uh, Battle of the Gods and Resurrection F that started as movies first, mm-hmm. considered canon, and then retold in Super. Yes. So it's an opposite of what we're watching because the movie covers. Just so it you in know, nose picker, I'm using this video. I just wanted you to know. You what? You what? I'm using this video just so you know. Okay. Listen. I just caught you fucking hip deep like I know. this. <laughs> it was in there and I had to get it out. YouTube.com slash Dragon Ball Super That was a super boogie. Anyway, it goes from canon movie to canon anime but, to, I guess, canon manga now because they redid yeah. those same arcs in the comics as well. But, but you're I right. Mean, it is like, a reverse of that kind of process. It was a cool reverse. Yeah. So it's the exact reverse of this process. Yeah. Exactly. Comic to series to movie. Now it's movie to series, series to, comic. to comic. Or at least it was with the first 131 of Dragon Ball Super. I wonder when the series is going to come back. When? Brandon, I'm not going to go off on this tangent right All now. All right, that's fine, that's fine, that's fine. Because I, I've spent a lot of time and energy yelling about this. I'll, I'll listen to the episodes. No, you won't. So yeah, I'll give you right. I'll give I'll give you the Cliff Notes version afterwards. But the Hi, Cliff, Cliff Notes version of the Cliff Notes version is that some people said it'd be back by now, yeah. and uh, they were very obviously wrong about it. But they weren't wrong. Things have changed. Okay. Yeah. I don't know well, what that means, but okay. Nobody knows what the fuck it means because it means nothing. Oh well, is he going to show up to the Olympics next month? I mean. The Olympics should have been last year, and we have it on record. You will yes, be vindicated do. if uh, <laughs> vindicated is the word, okay, for the last couple of months of this show. You'll be vindicated if they make an announcement about the anime returning. This is why I'm hot. This is why. Because <laughs> you made that announcement or that prediction yeah. in 2018. Yeah. So. I, I, anyway, let's continue. Eh, yeah, we won't, we won't quit on that road. Um, anyway, Master Roshi's not going to go because the power of friendship already exists in this group and he's just trying to jerk off without his turtle looking at him. Fair enough. And then the Legion of Doom is the the zoom in. Yeah, they go back to this castle where uh, King Guramis is hungry. He's starving. Did you, I mean... I feel like it's kind of appropriate speaking of like, you know, the parallels for what's going on in super these days versus yeah. the origins here, big purple man. Who's very angry and powerful. All he wants to do is just eat delicious food. Like the Toriyama kind of goes back to like the same three or four jokes for some of his evil guys sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> and this one uh, seems to be a staple throughout his career. Uh, Gudemus, Majin Buu, Beerus. Yeah. 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 He just thinks that that guy's money is funny. That's a really good point. I didn't well, think of it that way. Gudamus. Beerus. Boo. Anyway, nice. thank you. Thank you for validating my perfectly good point. Um, yeah. He is not so much a fighter. Like, I'm trying to remember how exactly how exactly they get there. Like, Goku. I honestly blanked out at that point. I'm sorry. Yeah, Yamcha so, gets. Let me look at. Let me look at my notes. Yamcha gets shot, but the ruby save him. All right, so that's they come right, up, when they're they going come up the on the castle. Yamcha yeah. and Puar are following close behind. They, uh, even though they are desert bandits, I also love how much Puar is very much Yamcha's hype man. 
uh, early on in Dragon Ball. Puar basically I always s- thought they had something going on. Like kind of gay- like that way, no, but kind of like that way Lando and his robot did on the Millennium Falcon in Han Solo. Yeah, I mean, that I kind of get because, like, proportionally speaking, they're, like, similar sizes. I'm hard-pressed to think of a scenario in which Yamcha's fucking a little tiny blue cat out in the desert. Ah, ah, ah. Remember what Poir can do. Oh, shit, it can transform into a vagina. I mean, a flashlight. I mean, a lady. I mean, a lady. No, no, no. You had it it better with the the light because he's afraid of ladies. But if it's just a light... Good point. You'd think, I mean, Puar does learn about Yamcha's intentions to, you know, make it so that he could be cool in front of ladies. Puar kind of tries to talk him out of it. Like, <laughs> hey, man, don't you just want to be rich and powerful? That'll get you some hoes. With me. Yeah, I, I, the gender fluidity of Puar. Pansexual. I, I, I'm not really sure. I feel like the dub firmly decided that Puar is a female. Yeah. But the, the, the but then original again, they almost made Frieza seem like a female. Yeah, I mean androgynous is that the word? Sexually androgynous, asexual, asexual. No, asexual implies that you don't have sex or don't re- or don't have sex to reproduce. I don't think you, you can reproduce without. Yeah, yeah. So I don't think asexual is what we mean. I think androgynous no, I know. is what we mean, right? Because yeah, there's Frieza a lot of is, words out Frieza there with two is, white dudes in our 30s. Leave us alone. Frieza is the David Bowie of the Dragon Ball series. That's actually a really good comparison. I like Thank it you. a lot. Ziggy Stardust will blow up your fucking Ooh. planet and then sell it out for way more money. Aladdin same. So with Puar, though, I'm pretty sure in Japan it's supposed to be a male. So it's... uh ah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Puar has got like the more, um, you know more commonly accepted approach to trying to mac hoes <laughs> accumulate wealth and uh you know accumulate power and the ladies will come but that's just not yamcha's game he just is not yet it, not it, until he gets the db the db what does that mean until he gets the dragon balls oh okay i thought db stood for something else because you said the db you know what i mean i thought oh i thought you're gonna say like until he gets his baseball contract <laughs> And That's then he's pretty important too. Making a lot of money as a professional baseball player. That's such a great episode. That's probably the best episode of Super. That is seriously top five episodes of Super for me. Yeah. Yeah. And that one is back to back with uh, the Arale episode, episode yeah. 69 and 70, I believe. 69. Nice. Um, yeah, Yamcha, I guess doesn't want to keep having sex with Fleshlight Puar, so that's the wish that Yamcha wants. So he gets shot. <laughs> he gets shot, but thankfully he tried to rob the people beforehand by taking a big hunk of rubies and shoving them in his shirt. Mm-hmm. For a moment, I thought he got shot for real, and I was like, yo, Yamcha's heart is steel, too. He doesn't have to worry about getting shot, like Goku says early on in the film after he takes three bullets to the dome. Oof. But but then, no, he just shoved rubies in his shirt. But I just like that Puar keeps coming back, too. Yeah. Man, you just don't want to get this money, huh? What's the matter with you? Puar's all about, you know, accumulating wealth. I appreciate it. Fast him. cash. Hell yeah. Puar later went on to work for the pawn shop in Las Vegas. Yeah, he actually just uh, transformed into a banker and started holding down a 9 to 5 Monday through Friday at his local branch. He transformed into Rick, Rick Harrison. Is that Rick. the guy from Pawn Stars? Yeah, I'll give you 50 bucks. That's the best I can do. 
What do you That's think? Poor. What do you think Puar Rick Harrison would do to Chumley? You think he'd be more tolerant or less tolerant of his shit? Oh well, he hates him because he. It reminds him of Yajirobe. Good point. Chumley, you need a fucking haircut and to get rid of that samurai sword, bud. <laughs> um. So they eventually come to blows with King Gorumis uh, within the castle. Everybody meets up again. Um, Yamcha's not dead. It wasn't shot by pasta for real because the rubies blocked the bullets. Um, Goku steps up to try to fight this huge, hulking, massive a person who I'm not going to say he's kaiju size, but he's, you know, several times the size of Goku and any every other person within that room. Uh, Goku does not have the strength to fight him, even though he tries, um, a, you know, very hard, tries valiantly to put the dude down, even tries to hit him with a big old. Kamehameha, which for his second time out on a on a key blast like that, not a bad, not a bad, did a pretty shot. nice job. Yeah, unfortunately, it was more for show than for force or whatever, and uh, doesn't do shit. And uh, King Gurumas is unaffected, but thankfully, the other person in the party here that we haven't talked a ton about outside of her uh, her weird clone titties that get poked and nipples erected off of um bulma i the, the light has gone down in your room enough now brandon where you just look like a floating head oh <laughs> you look like fucking zordon right now <laughs> i feel like i'm talking to zordon rangers um bulma gets the bright idea like she checks her dragon radar realizes that the other six dragon balls are moving they're very close by. They're moving all together, like as almost as if they're within a container or something. And she puts it two and two together, smartest woman in the world, or at least someday she will be. Puts it together that King Gurumis has consumed all of the Dragon Balls. Two things. Why? One, I'm not sure that's how the Dragon Ball radar works. I don't know if it would pick up on the Dragon Balls within Dude's stomach. I. Maybe it would. I'm trying to think back to like the Black Star Dragon Saga. One of those dragons ate that shit, right? I I could be wrong, but I don't think that's how the dragon radar works. Yeah. And two, outside of like the easy answer of safekeeping, why the fuck do you just have those things chilling in your that's, stomach? That's what I was thinking. He was like, is he just trying to keep them safe and then he's going to regurgitate them? Yeah, I, I it, guess. It, seems, it seemed a little hastily convenient. But, like, if you hadn't been told that, like, if, if, they, if they told you he kept him in there for safekeeping, that would have been fine. But because they don't explicitly say that, I kind of ask myself, I'm like, does this dude think that Dragon Balls are one of these delicious delicacies that That's, he's going to be able to that, eat? Yeah. Kind of confusing. Um, either way, Bulma puts two and two together. She's got, I believe, the two, three-star ball that she got from Master Roshi's necklace. Um, yeah. And one of her cool pouches. And uh, Goku's Kamehameha. Goku's Kamehameha doesn't do anything. But right after it lands, bounces off. Fastballs that shit into dude's mouth. Anyone can see the road that they walk on is... Sorry. Wrong oh, fastball. Fastball slug. And she summons Shenlong. And uh, yeah, just... You know, big old green dragon just busts out a big old purple man's <laughs> belly. And somehow he survives. So they make the wish. Um, and like, it's it's sort of that 
you know, chaos and madness that you have the first time they, they summon the dragon in Emperor Pilaf's castle, where nobody know there's like no clear plan as to what who is gonna wish for what. Yeah. So Oolong just wishes for panties. Um Boma and Yamcha both rush to the scene to try to make their own respective wishes, but can't really get it out. <gasps> and then that's when Pansy, aka Penny from the dub. I, I don't think I've been referring to her as Penny. If I have, I've no, been you've been doing Pansy the whole time. Word. I've been meaning to refer to her as Pansy, so good on me. But I did write Penny in the dub in my notes. Um, she she makes a very interesting statement uh, or wish, I guess, uh, in that it kind of comes in two parts. Like Shenlong kind of does like a two part wish, doesn't really give anybody any guff about it. It's kind of two separate wishes if you want to look at it this way. First, she says, we don't need the rich stones, so get the rich stones away from my land, and then restore and make my village the way that it used to be. She cheated by saying the word and. So I wish I'd actually written down like the exact wording of the translation, but maybe the word and is the, uh, the operative phrase here in which that gets yeah. her the second wish. So, Cheater. Yeah, I mean, hey, if that's the way that she could game the system with Dragon Balls, good for her dude but they have the cool vi- it's a cool visual of all the blood rubies yeah the the rich stones coming up out of the ground and floating away and um yeah i'm just trying to grab them then her uh, pl- not planet her village is restored back to how it was prior to all this construction and mining for the the rich stones and uh we we see this dude come out of the wreckage this little, I don't really know. He kind of looks like a mole man a little bit. <laughs> He's no longer purple. He's a more man. He kind of looks like Gollum and Hans Molman from The Simpsons. Yeah, the cross from um, a little bit of who's the who's the um, baddie from the Majin Bobbity? saga? Is he the gray one? The one that looks kind of like Frankenstein. Which one was he? He he fights at the tournament. Talking about Supopovici? Supopovich? Was it, was it I think it's Supopovich, yeah. The one who like beats the shit bit, out of Videl? Yeah. Yeah. Although he's not buff. I mean he's bald in the same way. He's got a similar shaped head, but he's very small. Yeah. That and was he, it, just the head, yeah. Yeah. He crawls out from behind a rock and he's still starving. First of all, you just had a giant dragon bust the fuck out your stomach, sir. How are you still alive? <laughs> sir? Are you sir? okay, sir? Can we can we please study your body for science? Because that was a miracle that you just survived through that. Um, he's used in the experiments of Doctor Giroux. Oh, I mean, yeah, maybe he's like the kind of thing that he based the androids around in terms of their skin or something. Because this dude, impenetrable skin, apparently, a dragon just busted out his navel, granted a couple wishes, Ooh. couple of wishes. Notice my fra- my uh, my phrasing there. Scattered off to the sun, and this dude is just completely unfucking faced. Makes no sense, but he's still starving. Yeah, and that's when uh, Pansy gives him an apple and says, "Here, eat this." That's a My Hero Academia joke for my super dope plus ultras. But he eats it; it's delicious. He enjoys it. Oh my god, I can't believe this simple apple has managed to help quench my hunger. And that's when Pansy's dad, who got his ass whooped at the beginning of the movie in the name of this King Garumas asshole comes up and says, yeah, you fucking idiot. There used to be a ton of apples here. 
So your bulldozers came and fucked them up looking for these rich stones and dragon balls. I hate you. And then I hope the camera cuts away and Pansy's dad drops the elbow on this little more yeah. man's head as he chokes on his apple and dies. But now that her dad is the cream that has risen to the top. Yeah, he he's a big, strong looking man. Like he Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He he kind of gives Bongo a little bit of guff <laughs> in the beginning, but you know, gets a couple punches across the face, got a couple guards holding him back. Bam, 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 bam. Hands. But he gets the last laugh, you know? And they lived happily ever after. The end. I I think the, the Goku flies off on the Nimbus and he's like, Yeah, yeah. I want to get stronger. And I have a cloud now. <laughs> See me in season one. Yeah, go back home and watch the first 50 episodes of Dragon Ball so you could see me take on an army of grown-ass men with machine gun and tanks and all sorts of wild shit in this place called Muscle Tower. Nice. So that's Dragon Ball Movie 1, Curse of the Blood Rubies? In the books. Or The Legend of Shenlong, depending on how you want to name it. A very Shenlong episode. Yeah, yeah. Basically, it's a double episode of of the OG Dragon Ball, and um, I don't know, man. If I had, if you had to give it a one to ten, one being the worst, ten being the best, uh, you haven't seen all the Dragon Ball movies, I imagine. But of the ones you've seen, you know, give it some kind of one to ten rating. What do you got? Give it an eight. An eight. I give it high marks. Yeah. Shit, son. Because oh. it it's a it's a lovable homage. To There's that the, word again. The critical episodes of season one condensed into one super episode. I feel like it was like you said, the Cliff Notes version of season one. And it's a good overview. And, you know, I would go on to say that if you had to get somebody started into Dragon Ball, and maybe they know of Z, so you want them to start at Z. You might show them this first as a very basic overview. And yeah. then maybe some choice episodes where Piccolo comes from. Like, other than that, you've got the original... You, I think you could start into Dragon Ball Z based on those. I think that when we looked for that perfect gateway into Dragon Ball a couple of years back and did Path yeah. to Power, uh, Path to Power does not do the reach... It's been a minute since we watched... I watched it, but... yeah. I don't think they do the retelling quite as well as this movie does. Yeah. Um, this movie does that retelling pretty well. And even though you sacrifice a character like Emperor Pilaf, who is legendary in Dragon Ball, um, you know, just for the sake of how long he's been around, even though you got to sacrifice him to get like a, a movie of the, or a, a villain of the week kind of character with King Garuma as pasta yeah. and Mongo, I think it kind of actually serves the story pretty well to have them be a disposable thing that they can deal with and on a one-off basis. Certainly, I feel like if you're going to try and start more interestedly in Z first, P Pilaf doesn't really come up in again until what? Super? Randomly? I mean, unless you count GT, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. so if like you were a newer fan, you had watched a couple episodes of Super or something, you're like, oh, I kind of want to get into this. You watch Curse of the Blood Red Rubies, and, you know, maybe a couple episodes that feature TN, more importantly, Piccolo and Krillin and, and whatnot. You can get into Z pretty quickly. You're not going to miss too much. I had the fortune when I was young that I watched 
probably a couple seasons of Dragon Ball. Mm-hmm. And then when I first discovered on Toonami Dragon Ball Z, um, I was able to pick it up pretty quickly. Yeah, you and know. I think um, the way in which this movie... I mean, what do these anime movies aim to do? Yeah. Be a gateway in. This one is a much better gateway in for a potential new Dragon Ball fan than Path to Power ever could hope yeah, to be. Yeah, yeah. Um, You know which one I watched the other night? Because I've been kind of sure. skipping around through these movies without kind of giving up too much. But um, you said Tien. The third Dragon Ball movie, I believe it's called Mystical Adventure. Yeah. Yeah, because Sleeping Princess and Devil's Tower is the second one. Mystical Adventure is a very Tien heavy movie. Tien Chaozu, Tao Pai Pai, the Crane Hermit. Yeah. Um, but it's like a completely different story. Like a complete yeah, yeah, yeah. retelling of those characters, who they are, what they're doing, what they're up to with the Red Ribbon Army. It's actually it's it's different, yeah. but I it's kind of cool. Like I prefer the original story, obviously, but Art, it's yeah. it's a cool way to be able to kind of do a condensation of that story. But I get that. Yeah. We'll get there soon. I think Mike Norm might have that movie. I could okay. be wrong. Maybe we'll see what ha- could be Jimmy. Okay. Could be could be anybody. I don't know. Super dope listener. I don't know what to tell you. Um, but that's gonna do it for this uh first Dragon Ball movie, Curse of the Blood Rubies, The Legend of Shenlong. Brandon. Yo. We miss you, man. You Zordon looking motherfucker. Thank you. Rangers. Rangers. Alpha 5, get them to the fight. Teleport them. I lost my Zordon voice like 30 seconds ago. You're good. Uh, but I feel like I should end it with the regular way, which is... Not Brandon coming back up on the show.